Memphis, 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 Hi, this is Tom Izzo at Michigan State, and you're listening to Grizz 901. What up, Grizz Nation, and welcome back to another episode of Grizz 901. I'm your host, Daniel Greer. On today's episode, we're breaking down game one, and it's okay. Everybody, relax. We good. I promise you, we good. With today's episode, I had to bring in the Grizz lead, guys. Nathan just put out an article kind of summing up the Timberwolves series. So if you hadn't had a chance, go check it out. Uh, but Nathan doing good work over there. And Chris, he is back. And honestly, Chris asked. He asked to be on this episode of Grizz 901. So you know he's bringing the fire. So first, the Grizzlies go down 117 to 116. It sucked. I was in attendance with my wife, my beautiful wife. And we had a great time. She had probably just as much fun time as I had, except for Desmond Bain sucked, and that's her favorite player. So outside of that, the game was amazing. Uh, but let's get into a little bit about the game. We'll uh, diagnose some of these players and figure out what's going on. Nathan, I'm going to come to you first. John Morant, how do you feel about him? Does he look different than he did when he was playing the Timber Pups? He does, but I think that's a lot more to do with matchup and how the Warriors are going to defend him than uh, the, the the Wolves did. I saw something where one of those Wolves reporters or beat writers was talking about the only reason Memphis is going to have a chance in this series is because Golden State's going to defend him differently. And I was like, well, they are, but it's not the excuse you're making it, by the way, we just beat you playing right. like that. But anyways, that's just, you know, poverty. But – he Poverty. looks more like himself because they, they they don't have the length and the size that Timberwolves did. But yeah. I thought he played well in the Timberwolves series as well. He just gave, took what they gave him. I agree. Uh, Jago's off for 34 points, 10 assists, 9 rebounds. Uh, played very well. And he shot 4 of 11 from deep. I don't love that he's taking 11 shots, uh, especially from the three-point line, because I think he's much more effective. But in rhythm, Jaw is much better, but they're also slacking off him a lot. So, Chris, uh, give us a little bit about Ja. What are your thoughts on him first game? Uh, coming into to the series, I figured, you know, Ja and Jaren was going to have their way. Just because, like y'all said, you know, last series, they had the perfect, to me, um, defense plan against us. You know, they matched up well, stuff like that. But, um, you know, sagging off a of Ja, if y'all going to do that, then, yeah, he's going to have to make them pay. But they don't have anybody at the rim that can stop dude like at all. So I wasn't really worried about, you know, Ja figured he was going to get his points. Um, the only thing that, you know, I'm not going to say concerns me, but I think me and you, Daniel, was kind of on the same point last series is somehow, some way, I know COVID's got him down right now, but I would love to see Steven Adams back um, because I know, you know, Golden State is playing, you know, small ball, stuff like that. But that chemistry that Ja and Steve had during the season, just as far as setting hard screens, and even if Steve O didn't get the you know the ball off a of, off a screen or nothing like that, just the way that he was able to give Ja those like real quick just slip screens and stuff like that, it's gonna get him extra buckets that he's not getting right now in the playoffs, whether it was first series or last series. So I'm hoping that after he gets you know out this COVID bug or whatever that we can get him back on the floor. I hope Coach Jenkins actually gives him a shot. And um, I think we'll have a lot better, you know, performance. And I, and I, I know that's crazy to say after 34 points and, you know, uh, just the game that he had yesterday. But I think we're going to get an even better job if we can somehow get Steve-O out there on the court. Yeah, Steven Adams would be a key to unlocking a little bit of job, but giving him a little bit of more space. Uh, rebounding was an issue in that game one uh, because uh, really the team that rebounds well especially in the offensive end is a big key to who wins that game in all honesty so uh, the game pretty much flipped on its head uh, looking at some of the numbers in there uh, the Grizzlies they outshot the Golden State Warriors at three-pointers why I don't know but the Grizzlies went 40 percent 16 of 40 and the Warriors went 14 of 38 at 36.8 percent 
So that, okay. So then you look at the other numbers, the Grizzlies, they, they were even on offensive boards at 16 with the Warriors and the Warriors out rebounded the Grizzlies 51 to 47. That's an issue just in general. Uh, the assist that, that line 31 to 26 goes to Golden State, right? Everything else pretty much fell even as I expected it to do, except for one more. And that was the points in the paint. The points in the paint, 56 to Golden State and 44 to the Grizzlies. That can't happen. And on your key, I think that Adams is a big key factor in a lot of those averages and, and bringing them back to light. So, Chris, I'm going to go back to you. Uh, Adams is a big key role. I know he uh, can play well, and I know he is a factor in this series, but somebody who played lights out first game. And if you are joining with Bet the Lead, if you love betting, join Bet the Lead at Bet the Lead. Go and join our Discord channel. I called easy Jaron over 13 and a half points, way too low. He doubled, almost tripled that number. Uh, cashed that, cashed his uh, his rebounds. I'm hitting him again. He's at seven and a half right now. If you love his reboundings, I think even with Steven Adams, Steven Adams plays maybe 15, 20 minutes in a series. Jaron's out of foul trouble. He's getting those rebounds because he has to. So going to Jaron, how much did you love about him going six of nine from deep and looking incredible? And just in general, how do you feel about him in the entire series left? Yeah, that's the Jaron that we need. I mean, all of the season, obviously, but, you know, going into the series, you know, looking at the roster, there's no way that anybody on that Golden State Warriors team was going to match up with, with Jaron, you know, just the size, athleticism. And I was glad to see from the get-go, like they made it a point to get him the ball down low, you know, early. And I feel like that's going to always be the, the key to Jaron's game. If he starts out down low and then moves his way out to the three-point line, you got to pick your poison with him. You know, there's no way you can really guard him because it's like, okay, if I take away the three, especially when he got a size advantage, what are we going to do, in, you know, down low and and vice versa. If we run a pick and roll or pick and pop or just getting him out in space like he showed yesterday, I mean, once he get hot, it's really nothing you can do with Jaren. So I was just glad to see him have a, you know, finally a good game this playoffs. Um, and I think that's going to be a, a big confidence booster, not only for the team, but for himself to where like, all right, cool. I can go out there and do this every single night and dominate. The biggest thing for him is going to just be like, we always know we're staying out of foul trouble. Um, and, you know, he had some ticky tack ones yesterday that I think the ref shouldn't have called like that one that he had against, I think it was Kaminga on the alley-oop. Like, come on y'all. Yeah. That was a big, that was a BS call, but you know, repetition, I mean, his uh, reputation, you know, is going to always, you know, for some reason, I guess, get him caught up and stuff like that. But if he can stay out of foul trouble, like you said, even with Steve-O out there, I think, you know, going forward, we're going to be good in this series for sure. Yeah, Stephen Adams, really, like I said, could come back. Uh, there is a There's rumors that he could be back for game two. It is on Tuesday. Uh, it'll be the actual sixth day, I do believe. So I don't know how that falls. The, the NBA pro, uh, COVID protocols are saying it's supposed to be a six days. I thought it was five, and that's the reason I think he's able to come back. So if it is five, he's able to come back. But more on Jaron. Nathan, what do you like and what do you see out of him? Well, we just need him to be that aggressive, right? And I think the biggest thing, and it's part of it goes to the whole link thing we talked about at the beginning of the pod, but Golden State's not long enough to keep up with Jaron, but also to really get him swinging and fouling like he was in the Timberwolves series. And that's going to be huge. And all of his fouls yesterday, like Chris was saying, were – we're on plays you're okay with him getting fouls on and some of them weren't even fouls that are just reputation calls but that was awesome to see him doing that I would like to see him get up I know I saw one screen yesterday where he was just sort of chilling in the paint because it was Kevon Looney in there but you got to be up there for those screens with those guys but other than that I mean Jaron had an awesome game and the biggest thing for me was from three I know what we saw yesterday with this season sort of feels like a um the exception not the rule but that is what we saw from year two Jaron right the last full year we had him that was the kind of shooting he had where he was the best three-point shooter on the team right and so who knows you know it's not been the case this season but that is definitely something that we've seen him do before that could carry forward right that that's, that's not necessarily a uh a flash in the pan thing for him to be hitting threes like he was yesterday and if he can hit those man that's that's a game changer, right? But I am with Chris, though. 
having him work down low in the paint and then work his way out is the way to go for sure. Still, in my opinion, he's just so much bigger than them, but I loved it, man. That's a Jaron. They need to compete in these types of series. Yeah. Jaron. And I said it many a times, um, every series, the most important player, the X factor switches, and it's going to continue to switch as they move on. Um, And with each game, a lot of times it does switch as well, but you know, we said that, uh, Jaron would be a big key factor on the last episode. Uh, I also said that Tyus's minutes would would diminish. Like he's going to play 12 to 15 minutes max. And he's playing a lot with Ja, which is giving him a little bit. But he's not playing the amount of minutes he's going to play in, in the Minnesota games. Okay, just so we're all clear, if you're betting, stay away from stay away from Tyus. He's not going to play in these games. He just doesn't need to unless something with Ja just doesn't look good. Ja's going to go off in these games, I believe. And I think he'll be a key factor. Uh, Melton, God, he's back. And I even said it, Melton, this is his series. He's going to come back. He's going to look good. And I think going forward, he's going to be one of the eight or nine players that are playing. Nathan, rotations, they're getting a little weird. we got Xavier Tillman still starting. What do you think with Coach Jenkins and the rotations that are coming? Like Because if Adams comes back, does that mean Tillman's gone? Do you play Conchard? Do you limit Dias's minutes? Let me know. Play your best players. I think Tillman yep. should be out of the rotation for this series, regardless of if Adams comes back. I mean, I said at the beginning of the game yesterday, I put out there, I don't agree with the Tillman start, but I hope I'm proven wrong. And I was not proven wrong. He just doesn't fit because he's not the things at the thing Adam has Adams has that, helps him in these kinds of series is he is big enough to make up for how slow he is. And Tillman's just not, these guys are going to out quick him and he's not going to be able to to keep up and contribute. I want to give all of Tillman's minutes to Kyle. And that's obviously I, I love Tillman. I think he's awesome. I think he deserves a rotation spot in this league. I've said before, I'm not sure if that's with the Grizzlies in the future, but he is a good NBA player, but he does not fit in this series. So I, I disagree with putting Tillman out there, but the thing I disagree with most is just not playing the best players, the minutes you need to play them. I saw where Keith Parrish over at fast break breakfast, tweeted this out. I'm not sure if it was last night or earlier today, but job Bane, DB BC trip lineup in the Minnesota series was a plus 36.4. They played 77 possessions together the entire series. And then yesterday they played five minutes together. And I just don't get it, man. That just, I just, I don't get that, you know, and I love Taylor Jenkins. I love Taylor Jenkins. Thinks he's an awesome coach. Do not want another coach coming into this Grizzlies team, but that's part of him. I think in his growth and learning process is going to be to shorten up those rotations and play your best players what would seem like an absurd amount of minutes. You know, I know depth got the Grizzlies here, but you just got to put the guys in the best position to succeed. And it's just not going to be Xavier Tillman and John Conchar. It's just not, you know, the Conchar spot minutes and the Tillman spot minutes when you're in, uh, when you're in a tight spot, that makes sense. But as far as keeping them in the rotation outside of emergency needs, I, I don't like it. I think it's got to go. And you've got to get your best lineup out there more. It just can't be five minutes a game. Yeah, I do like that lineup a lot, especially against the Warriors as well. Uh, and you got to look at these lineups and and say you got to you got to find out where you can take rest for your main guys. Uh, but also, you got to make sure you're you're shortening the rotation. I don't think this is a John Conchar series. I just don't think it is. Uh, but you can't. You can't run Tyus out with that crew minus jaw, just switching them out. I, I like Tyus a lot, but somehow you need to find a way to include those two to get uh, those that death lineup. People want us to call it uh, the Grizzlies uh, best lineup there. Uh, but Chris, let's go to you. How do you feel about the rotations? Because the Grizzlies now have after Tuesday's game, winner loss, they have three days of rest before they play again. So what do you think? What do you think? Chris Jenkins Chris Jenkins, Taylor Jenkins, it's Chris <laughs> Jenkins, Taylor Jenkins does going forward. Um, you know, right now I think it's kind of forcing his hand to do uh, orthodox. I ain't gonna say unorthodox, but something that he wouldn't really do because he's down. You know, two main rotation players with Zaire and and Big Steve-O. So I think when when 
definitely when Zaire gets back, he needs to be in the lineup just because being a quick, long, athletic wing, I put a tweet out there yesterday, and I, I'm, I'm a try to refrain from getting into my DP, my DB uh, spiel right now. But, you know, if you give me somebody that's just going to go out there and play that role, um, not try to do nothing crazy, just defend and try to knock down shots. Um, the plus for me with Zaire that, is that he can get out and, you know, run in transition and get those alley-oops from Ja and Ties and stuff like that. But, um, you know, that's kind of what he's faced with right now. Um, but when those two come back, I think we're going to be okay if we go back to whatever our main, you know, rotation was during the regular season. You know, my thing when it comes to playoff time, I don't like the fact when, at least for us, we go into a series or we go into a game and we're trying to already match, you know, the other team, the way that they play or the way that they throwing lineups out there. Like, I want them to have to, you know, adjust to us versus us always having to adjust to other people. And so I think, you know, at least if we go out there and try it out for a game, let's see what we can do with the regular season lineup and rotation and see what happens and then make an adjustment. But like even last series, I didn't like the fact that Steve-O got three fouls and we never saw him again, just threw him at the end of the bench. Like I get it. If he's maybe having a bad night, you know, or whatever, but give him a shot, you know, give us get a rotation, a, a, a decent shot to see what we can do. But I will say this, I do disagree with y'all when it comes to Conchar in this series. And the only reason I say that is that they got a lot of small wings and guards over there that they throwing out there. Um, and Conchar is just, he almost like Mr. Do something 2.0. He's not as, I feel like talented as Melton can be, but he can get out there and mess the game up. And when you got, I mean, Jordan Poole, he just throw a wrench in everything that, you know, that I feel like the game plan we may have had against Golden State, um, you know, you game planning for Steph and Clay and, whatever else the bench players are going to do. But when Jordan Poole going out there looking like, I can't even, I don't even know who to compare him to. Like, just didn't look like he can miss. Now, granted, that's his best game of the, of the playoffs so far. And I do, I think he's going to, you know, go out there and perform like that every game. I doubt it. I wouldn't bet my money on it. But the fact that he is a possibility, I want to make sure I got guys out there that can mess the game up for him and those other guards that they have. So, I think it's a case-by-case, game-by-game basis. But, you know, I would like to see Conchar out there just to kind of mess it up a little bit. And then, two, it's, it's really, you know, easy to see that our guards are tired. You know, Bane looks a little banged up. Ja, you know, he looks banged up, too. We got to find some type of risk uh, for them. I'm not saying they need to go to, you know, 32 minutes a game, 33 minutes a game. But we got to find a way to get them some type of risk for us to make it out this series. Bain played 32 minutes, Chris, and I'm about to come at you hard and heavy. John Morant, 38 minutes. Dylan Brooks, who he was amazing in game one, absolutely amazing. Dylan Brooks, um, I know there's probably millions of people over on Dylan Brooks Island. Uh, they're living in the penthouses because he's so good. Uh, you should play. I think they should play Dylan Brooks 40, you know, 48 minutes. I don't know. Probably a lot. The sarcasm. Sarcasm. But I'm going to come at you real quick. Taylor Jenkins. I think he's doing an exceptional job. So let's take Taylor Jenkins out of the, the conversation because I, I don't think that anybody would want to move on from Taylor Jenkins. I don't think it's about that. I want to talk about the rotations. I want to talk about the guys. So you want to play the, the four guys minus Tillman, okay? You want those, those all to play, which I would assume. You want Brandon Clark to play. That's five. Kyle Anderson, six. You want Melton. That's seven. You want John Conchar, that's eight. You want Tyus Jones, that's nine. You want Steven Adams, that's 10. You want to play Zaire Williams, that's 11. Like, Chris, how many people are you trying to play in the playoffs? The playoffs. Game two of the playoffs. Chris, I need you to tell me that you're not serious because you can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't. This isn't – we don't need participation awards. We need players, and they need a shortened rotation down to eight, in my opinion, and go with those eight only. And I, you know, honestly, I don't tie this. This isn't tie as a series either. I'm fine. If you want to move on from him, I just think he's a key factor that if you want to make him the ninth guy, that's fine. But who are you trying to play? Because that's 11 people. Well, it's funny that you asked that. Um, <laughs> uh I think it's time to, uh, you know, get Coach Jenkins to put his big boy pants on and face the music when it comes to Dylan Brooks. I mean, if wow. he don't go, 
and throw up the crap that he threw. I think I was about to tweet it and I just went ahead and took it away. Cause I said, you know what? I, I got enough Dylan slander. Let me just stop. But if you're going to go out there and throw up six air balls and four super bricks, I don't need <laughs> you out there to, you know, for us to, to win this game. I just don't believe that. So at some point, if you're going to, cause it, you know, everybody's thing is, well, Dylan, he plays great defense. You know, we need his intensity. We need this. We need that. Dude, Steph Curry got 24 points. Let's not act like he went out there and made Steph Curry, you know, go for eight or go for 10. Yes, he may have made stuff harder, but if you're going to go out there and just throw the ball at the rim like that or throw it not at the rim, you're giving points back. You know, you're playing both sides at that point. So is the is the reward of him playing whatever this great defense is that we're saying really worth him basically giving them points back? I don't really agree with that. So – you know, I feel like Coach Jenkins at some point is going to say, hey, look, dude, if you're not going to go out here and play your role, which in this series, you know, Jaws going to get his. Jaron needs to be the number two, if not number three, if you know, depending on the night that Bain is having. You for fifth option at this point. Play your role or sit down on the end of this bench with me. That's so, kind of, that's kind of what, what, what my thesis is when it comes to getting Conchar uh, into the game. I'm kind of with you, Nate, when it comes to Tillman. We just gotta have him. I, I I can do without it. Um, definitely give Kyle those minutes. You know, throw. I just believe in throwing multiple bodies at these guards they got, and I really just don't care for Dylan Brooks at this point. So no, I'm not saying go 11 deep. I'm saying keep it. You know, majority at a nine man rotation. But you know, Conchar needs to be. You know, at some point say, hey, for five minutes at a time or three minutes at a time, just go out here and just mess the game up as much as you can, and then get back on the bench and come back out. So that's what I'm saying. Um, but yeah, Dylan, Dylan Brooks, and I, I'll say the rest for later. But no, oh, no, listen, let's unclip. I want Nathan to yeah. go first. I want to unclip this. We're, we're we're putting the the Dylan Brooks slander conversation, not slander conversation, right into the forefront yeah, of things. Let's go, Nathan. There will be no Dylan Brooks slander with me on a podcast. And let's be clear, Steph you- got twenty four on twenty shots. What there will be with me on a podcast is factual observations of watching Dylan Brooks. And the factual observations of watching Dylan Brooks are Steph missed wide open threes when he got just completely lost, got caught ball watching, and Steph got free, which can't happen if you're Dylan Brooks. He fouled Steph Curry on a three-pointer, and he is putting up shots in just unbelievable volume that you shouldn't be taking the shots that are in rhythm when you're that off, much less jacking up post-up fadeaways that you haven't been hitting since the playoffs started. As a sole occupant of Dylan Brooks Island here at Grizzly. That's it. You're it. That's it. You're the only it's one on, left. It's on fire. Like the whole <laughs> island is on fire. The only part of the island that is on fire are the trees I've managed to cut down and the stuff that I'm using to make some rope as I start constructing my raft to get off of Dylan Brooks Island. And Chris very, very kindly offered to send a helicopter my way yesterday, and I appreciated it. But I, um, one, need to get myself off of the island at this point for pride's sake, so I can't accept any help. Two, we are still, I think I tweeted this out a week and a half ago, surrounded by water. (laughs) There still is a chance, but, man, it's looking slim. It's looking slim. I'm... I am not on the full-on abandoned Dylan Burks train. I think that is an overreaction. But, I mean, Chris isn't wrong about the shots. And, I'm not, and I don't disagree with giving up Dylan's minutes. I, don't, I wouldn't give them to Conchar. I would give them mainly to Melton. I'm looking here yesterday, and Melton played 25 minutes. I mean, your best guys can go play 35, 36-plus minutes. And I just don't think Conchar is one of our best guys. Again, I think – if you got foul trouble, injury emergency, maybe, but I would shorten it up even more. Take Conchar out. When Zaire gets back, he's another guy to take those minutes. Um, but yeah, man, Dylan Brooks Island is it's not hard to get the penthouse in Dylan Brooks Island because there aren't many people left to take it. And there might be one less by the end of this series. So Wow. We're we're gonna see. Listen, there's there's a point where you impact the game enough on the defensive end 
or just with a little bit of gravity. Dylan Brooks has never taken a ton of gravity, but he's taken enough to free up the other guys. But man, at this point, I don't even know why they're running out to him on on three point line. There was one yesterday. He caught one in the corner. There was Mm. nobody within 20 feet of him. And he chose to not take a dribble and to shoot it leaning out of bounds. I'm like, dude, take the dribble, set yourself up for a good, easy shot. And it just, there are no easy shots. They're not. It, I don't understand it, man. It's, it's reached a breaking point for sure. I mean, wow. you can't take that many threes. You can't take 13 shots when you're that off. Mm. It just I can't like happen. It. And so, listen, I, I love Dylan Brooks. I think he's been a heart and soul guy for this team, but that can't, that can't, you can't have it. That's not it. So, wow. I'm still on Dylan Brooks Island. No, you're not. But my escape plan is in effect. Wow. All right. So we're going to go back to you, Chris, again, because I want to actually, I want to hammer down exactly what you're saying because I don't want to let it go too far. Um, but Nathan, he's trying to evacuate the island, right? And I, and I'm not on the course of exactly abandoning Dylan. So Chris, tell me what you mean by maybe going more to either Conchar or Melton, whoever, um, what would be your game plan? Because he's playing, you know, Dylan's playing 30 plus minutes a game on a normal basis. So what would you limit him to? Is there a number that you feel comfortable and who would, who would the extra minutes go to? Like I said, when, when, when Zaire gets back, let's put him back in the spot that, you know, he did majority of the season when Dylan was out. Let's let him start. Whoa. Let's let him start. Let's let him do what he's going to do. Because this is my thing, and I want to pose this question to, question to y'all. Why does Dylan get sp- special treatment with Taylor Jenkins? I don't get it. When Jaron came back from injury last year, what did we do? We brought him off the bench. We slow rolled him out there. And he had a you know not so great end of his season last year. But that's Jaron. That's your number two. You paid this guy a lot of money because you believe that he's going to be a cornerstone of this franchise. So you do this with Jaron Jackson, but you, for some reason, with Dylan Brooks, you scared to bring him off the bench. He's been here four years. Taylor Jenkins has been here three. And y'all have never even attempted one game to bring him off the bench as a six-man just to see what happens. Let's just see. Wow. It's plenty of games. It's plenty of tape. It's plenty of history where Dylan goes out and does what he did yesterday. And we've never chopped his minutes. Go ahead, Dylan. Go back out there and do it some more. TJ is um, at some point, dude, you got to say, hey, sit down. Like, you're not playing the rest of this game or we're going to limit your minutes. I just think for some reason he's scared of Dylan, and it, it really shocked me. Yes, I'm not going to say shocked me. Let me not say that. But when I saw Josh just blatantly yell at him yesterday, I was like, okay, can somebody else, like, start screaming at him? to like, dude, you need to get it together because it's like you only cool with taking these dumb shots. You do dumb fouls. I, I give him, you know, his props. He did – get stepped on yesterday by Draymond they called a foul on him but outside of that like dude just plays terrible low Q basket low IQ basketball and Taylor Jenkins refuses to get his dude any consequences I don't get it so you know when you when you ask me like where the minutes need to go I can't tell you, you know exactly like how many minutes each person should play when I bring up Contra I'm not saying he needs to be six seven man on the bench I'm just saying he needs to be playing more minutes than what he's playing and Dylan needs to be hey case-by-case basis, or even like we did Steven Adams. Hey, man, you may not play this game. Steven Adams, he's making $18 million a year. The sec, Well, no, right now he's the highest paid on the team. If he can sit a whole series, I'm sorry, Dylan. You can do the same if you can go out there and do what you did yesterday. So that's my rant. I'm sorry. I took an energy I got on here. I got more to say, but I'm going to cut it short right there because I just I don't get it and. I'm not, you know, burning the ship as far as like saying that, you know, we're gonna lose this series. I still got us Grizz and five. I just think when wow. it comes to, we cannot sit there and let him blow these games like that. Because for us to lose a one point game like that, and he threw up as many bricks as he did, I'm just counting. I'm like, dang, if we would have had a smarter shot there, that's a W right there. So that's yeah. it. Grizz and five. Wow. All right. So two things. One, Dylan Brooks played 30 minutes, the least amount of minutes he played really in the at any game in the Timberwolves series okay so he that he's already under the least amount he takes the third most shots on the team on average uh that's probably consistent jaw is always up there and then you have really either Bain or Jaron that's taking the the second most uh and they're kind of passing off back and forth 
And really, it's it's him. It's Dylan Brooks taking the third most. So one of those guys is either hot or they're not, such as Desmond Bain wasn't last night. But um, I expect I expect him to keep going out there and playing 30 minutes a game. He probably, honestly, probably plays 34 minutes a game, game two. And at that point, I, I, I don't know if it's about the minutes. I just think it's more the IQ. I think he needs to learn to play within himself and do what he does best. He does so many good things but he does so many bad things that frustrate me. And I am not on Dylan Brooks Island. I am. See you later. We want to be better. We need to move on from you. Uh, anything else you got on uh, Dylan Brooks real quick, owner of the Island. Owner. So occupant. No, I think <laughs> we still got a couple on here with me, but uh, they're lost in the flames. I, I think that the only thing that could save Dylan Brooks Island that could get the miracle we need is for Dylan to learn the lesson from that game to choose the better shot, which I had it as one of my keys to game two and to turning the series back around in the Grizzlies' favor is just get get the better shot. You know, there were a few times yesterday that um, other players took shots that were not the best shot. There's a better shot to be had, early shot clock um, possessions, but um, Dylan far and away is the one who took the majority of the bad shots. And you just have to know that I don't even mind him taking that many field goal attempts when he's as off as he is he was yesterday. I have a huge issue with it. But if you take that many field goal attempts and it's a good shot, there's a swing swing to the corner, or you have a open drive to, in the lane. Okay. Yeah. But get the best shot and realize that you need to keep the ball moving because that's when the team is best. Yeah. Right. There's only one guy with the ball in his hands who needs to who can dribble it into the ground and then go create for himself all the time and we're cool with it. And it's John Morant. That's it. And you got to be better than that. But listen, I, I'm still holding out hope he turns it around because he does a lot of good things, like you were saying. But right now, the bad outweighs the good. It's, it's been that way most of the playoffs, to be honest. Yeah, I agree. Glad, uh, glad you're getting off soon. Uh, it's going to be very lonely out there very, very soon. But with Dylan Brooks, I really do think that he can play within himself by literally taking the best shot that's passed to him. If he takes the three pointer, off of the pass where he's set and he has his two feet down, not leaning out of bounds, he's a much better shooter, much better. And I want him to take that. I want him to take five, six, three-pointers a game. That's really what I like in in him and his game. Uh, I also like when he attacks the basket, but I wish he would attack the basket with the thought of you know going straight for a layup. That's great. Most of the time, people are collapsing on him because he's out of control, going crazy, and so they're knowing – He's going to shoot. If he comes, if he kind of just stops, a little hesitation, a little slow up, and look back to the middle, and somebody's cutting to the middle, whether it's Kyle Anderson, Brandon Clark, uh, or even Stephen Adams potentially, uh, that is really would be a good dump dump down pass. Such as you know that could have been the play, the the last play of the game when Jaw the same exact thing. Jaw's out of control. Jaw's going as fast as he came to the front of the rim. He kicks back to to Brandon Clark. He can actually dunk that in the game, and the game is honestly uh, it's a win because he can get up there very quickly or get fouled uh, because the only person helping on the backside was uh, Andrew Wiggins, uh, your all-star starter, Andrew Wiggins. All right, enough about uh, Dylan Brooks. And I know there's a lot of slander on him. Um, If you want to hear, see, look, whatever, it's on Grizzlied. We're doing a poll right now, and the poll is a breakdown of film exactly uh, whether it's this past game or other games, but the four options and it expires tonight at seven o'clock central, uh, but it is defending Jordan pool. You want to see good Dylan versus uh, bad Dylan, Steven Adams effect, and then defending the back door, which the, uh, to the warriors are masters at that. Uh, and, and jaw falls asleep uh, consistently. Uh, so it's going to continue to happen. Uh, but if you want to have one of those broken down in a thread on Twitter, uh, where we're at at Grizz League, at Grizz underscore lead, go hit up the poll. Uh, there's been over 100 people already on there. And I think Dylan versus bad, uh, good Dylan versus bad Dylan uh, is the winner as of right now. So he's leading the pack, such as the Kentucky Derby. Uh, there's probably like a, a run, Rudy run or something. That's a run, Dylan run. That's what we're at right now. All right. Two people I want to hit on real quick. The Draymond ejection, then we're going to follow it up with uh, Desmond Bain because I think Desmond Bain is a, uh, a higher priority here. Uh, and then we're going to get out of here. We're going to bring you episodes in between the games, as you know. Uh, so if it's your first time here, 
Uh, make sure you check that out. All right, Nathan, let's go to you first. Draymond ejection, fair? I mean, it was fair. It was soft, but it was fair. I mean, it. I was trying to explain to people yesterday. They they messaged me, asked me what I thought about it, and I was like, "Is it a soft, flagrant two? Absolutely." He also really got two flagrant ones <laughs> in one fell swoop, smacking BC in the face and then pulling him down. Was he being? Was it a dirty play? Was he trying to hurt Brandon? No, but pulling guys down in midair in dangerous. the NBA is a dangerous play. Yeah. So if it was, and the way I put it then was, if it was a Grizzlies player who did that, would I think it was soft? Yes. Would I be upset about it? Sure. But I would mainly be mad at the player who did it. You just got to know better. You can't pull someone down midair, right? And so I didn't think it was a dirty play. I didn't think he was trying to hurt BC or be dirty. I didn't think it was just this egregious foul, but it's a dangerous foul that's pretty clearly written. So soft, yeah, fair. Also, yeah, the, both things can be true. It, it fit know? the letter of the law, and that yeah. it is what it is. Like I know it sucks, but don't pull somebody down by their jersey and don't smack them in the face. That, that's right. it. And well, it is BC, what it is. If he's at a different angle, that can go a lot, lot, lot yeah. more poorly. Like right? if he's and leaning so, off balance, yes. Right. And so, yeah, and if nothing else, he got two flagrant ones. So exactly, <laughs> it, it's, it is what it is. I do not think it was one of those. I've seen a lot. The Grizzlies dodged or missed a huge opportunity with him out. I think that they would have been in the same position with him and possibly even one of them. I mean, Jordan Poole went off, right? And, yeah. and there's a chance he plays less minutes with that. Um, but, you know, if it's for fist, we'd all be drunk. So I don't want to get into that too much, but I just don't think it was as Huge missed opportunity. I didn't see a ton of doom and gloom on the timeline yesterday. The ones that I did, I quickly unfollowed because it's been a lot of that, even mm-hmm. since the Timberwolves series. Some people need to chill out. But I uh, I, I, I think that there's still – Grizzlies have plenty of a chance to win. I'm not <laughs> Chris, Grizz in five. I am Grizz in seven, though. I, I think that they're Ooh. the better team. They just got to have – they got to make adjustments. They got to lock in full 48. But as far as the Draymond thing goes, yeah. Fair, also soft is what it is. Chris, you got anything extra to add to that uh, with the Draymond injection? Uh, anything at all? And we'll get to Desmond Bain. Yeah, I mean, like like Nate said, they made the right call. My only thing was that, you know, if y'all let that go and somebody retaliates later in the game, you open up a door to something you probably don't want. So they made the right call. Soft, yeah, but you got to stop that because uh, – we get one of them players come out there, come across the head with a with a fist, and that's going to be a bigger issue. So, yeah, that's it. Yeah, and honestly, it was uh, the refs. They they love the Grizzlies. I get it. Um, they favor the Grizzlies. I get it. Um, Adam Silver is a huge Grizzlies fan. Uh, does not like Draymond at all. Uh, and honestly, uh, the TV numbers that the big city, the big market of Memphis does for viewing, it, it's just astronomical. And it really gets uh, ABC's numbers huge. So ABC, NBC, whoever uh, really benefits from having the Grizzlies play over the Golden State Warriors out in what, who are they, California, uh, small market team out there. So I agree. I would, I would honestly, I think it's probably the, the worst thing that could happen because uh, uh, Draymond Green is a nice player. He doesn't foul. He doesn't yank people's jersey. He doesn't slap people in the face. And, you know, it's a small market out in California, so there's no reason to have the, to have the Warriors on much longer. They don't get any uh, people to view their games. All right. So enough about that. Warriors fans, they are very, very unintelligent. At times, there's a lot of good ones. They're unintelligent. And I'll stand by that. Timberwolves, their fans are stupid. I'm just going to be honest. Golden State Warriors, they're not the smartest. All right. Let's keep going. Desmond Bain. Uh, Chris, we'll start off with you here. Uh, I have plenty of thoughts about Desmond Bain in this series. So just from the hip, let's start shooting because he he didn't. He didn't at all. Dang. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, he, he didn't have his best game, you know, obviously in the playoffs, especially the way he played first series. But I'm going to give him a pass because, you know, I, it looked like he was – battling some kind of injury. And I know, you know, they say don't make excuses. They do back-to-backs. You're making it. I know, I know, I know. But 
is a harder series that that guy and John Moran had to play last season. I mean, last series, and the rest of the team, you know, barely sh- showed up to play. Um, I'm going to give him a pass. You know, him and John dealing with different things. When Steve-O, I said it earlier, when he gets back, I feel like it's going to open up, you know, even with off screens and stuff like that. He's a shooter. Like, yeah, he gets in. He's pretty good at slashing and stuff like that, but he's a shooter by trade. So if we can get more actions of him coming off picks and screens, I know they was kind of running them off yesterday. And two, like, we Grizzly fans, we've been watching them all year. Desmond doesn't play his best games at home. I don't know what it is. I don't know if he get into it with his girlfriend the night before. I don't know. <laughs> I'll tell you what it is. But he does not play well in Memphis, or he doesn't play as good as he does on the road when he's back home in Memphis. So uh, with everything, you know, going on, he got to be better next series. I know he know that. I know the team is telling him that. I think he will come out better tomorrow. Um but I'm going to give him a pass, man. I'm going to give him a pass. And then the, the best thing about it is, like you said, we do get those three days of rest. So for him and Ja to kind of get just some extra time to rehab those little nagging injuries that, that they've been battling, I think that's going to be good for everybody um, on Saturday. All right. Nathan, what you got on Desmond? Yeah, I mean, he just didn't have a good game. There's He definitely looked hobbled at the end of the game to me. I, I don't know what that was, but there are shots that he missed that, Hobbled or not, he doesn't normally miss. He didn't look hobbled at the beginning of the game. So if it was something, it'd be something that happened during the game and he still missed some. I mean, it's just one of those, you know. Um, he'll play better. I, I think he'll play better even at home this next game. Um, I think he'll do better throughout the series uh, as long as he's healthy, which I, if he's out there still playing, it, it's not going to be anything catastrophic, I wouldn't think. But um, – yeah, I think it's just one of those games, and we had guys make up for it. Um, again, I think a lot of the keys that they need to do to adjust are things that are on a team level, not an individual player level. So um, I'm not I'm not worried about it. I'm just not as long as he's healthy. It's the only thing that I have concern for. But just one of those games. He just missed some shots. He'll be okay. So is it he's missing the shots, or is it that the Warriors are playing a better defense or a better game plan against him, Nathan? No, he just missed the shots. I mean, he missed an open corner three, an open wing three. Uh, he missed his little runner that he normally makes. He smoked a layup he normally makes. It, the Warriors didn't do anything crazy. I mean, they're, I did pay attention to they are not letting anybody collapse off of him. Like, the guy who's guarding Desmond Bain is guarding Desmond Bain. A lot in the way that, you know, last year in the play-in, they were like, when Dylan was guarding Steph Curry, Dylan was guarding Steph Curry. That was it. He did not leave for anything. Now, last night he got left, but we don't need to get back into that. <laughs> as far as Bane goes, they're just they're going to make sure that their guy stays on him, but I don't think they're doing anything wild, nothing crazy. I didn't think they played enough defense for him to have the shooting night he had. I think he just missed some shots, and I'm not worried about him doing that anymore. Okay. Well, so what I'm looking at, and I'm going to rewatch this game today, um, in completely, you know, in complete form, uh, and I'm I'm honestly excited to watch some of the different things that I'm looking for. Um, and some of it uh, really is like the backdoor cuts, uh, who's guarding who, like where does the matchups look at? Uh, but one of the matchups I'm going to look at, uh, or just one of the, um, I guess the big things is who's guarding Desmond Bain and how are they reacting? So uh, I think the game plan is is this, and I've kind of watched it back and, and honestly and seen it in person. When someone drives, they don't exactly help off of Desmond Bain, but they will help off of every other player. Jaron Jackson Jr. They help off of Dylan Brooks because you 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 should help off of Dylan Brooks um, and obviously anybody else, even Melton included. They help off of him. They do not help off unless it's one step away. They give a little fake, a little show that they're going to give some help, but they never actually leave to where he has an easy open shot unless it's just a breakdown in communication. So, with that being said, Desmond Bain he only scored sixteen points in the regular season, on average, against the Warriors. He does not play well against them. He had many games that were that were like this. He had some other games that were at 20. So, you know, there's a, a middle in there where it falls to, which is around the 16 part, that he's just not a good player for this matchup. And that's what I'm looking at. Uh, but the other thing I'm also seeing with him, he's got to have more assist. That means he has to get the ball, maybe a, a, a dribble or two. The rebounds wasn't there. Having one assist and one rebound doesn't do much. Uh, but 
I would like to see him do a little bit more and get more involved uh, because I think that Desmond Bain, who averaged four three-pointers made a game against them, averaged. It means he went off for once. It means he didn't. He averaged four three-pointers a game and played in all four matchups this year. I really do think he's a key to open up jaw a little bit more. Nathan, you got something? Yeah, I was going to say the one thing is Dylan – or not Dylan. DB did not have the ball in his hands enough – or not DB. Desmond Bain, DB, sorry, did not have the ball in his hands enough yesterday. But they also – when he would take it up to court and he'd stay sort of towards the side and get himself up towards the wing, they would trap him. And he almost coughed it up a few times, did cough it up at least once. They need to get him in actions towards the top of the key – uh, more more middle of the court than over there towards the side because he's not comfortable enough with the way they're defending him to to be over there. So, but they need to find ways to get the ball in his hands more and let him create a little bit, even if it's for somebody else. So I'm with you. Yeah. All right. So uh, I'll give our last thoughts here in a second. I do want to share uh, with uh, it, I guess any kind of podcasting, any basketball stuff right now. Make sure you're going to check out the Leeds Podcast Network. They're doing good work over there. Uh, if you're a WNBA fan, they're doing great stuff over there. On Wednesdays, the WNBA show comes out. It's called the sixth podcast of the year. But there's a show almost every single day. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I have a show on there that comes out on Mondays, so go check it out. It is free basketball uh, done by Ryan, who's the host there. Uh, but also something else. If you're a betting person, we've already talked about Bet the Lee. But one thing I do want to share um, and share it with you two as well is at uh, BetMGM. Right now, you can get the Grizzlies at plus two and a half on the series. That means that Vegas thinks that the Warriors are going to win at minimum five to one, four nothing. So if it goes to six games, you cover that. It's a minus 115. So if you like the Grizzlies and you think they can win just two games in this series, it's minus 115 over at BetMGM. So always try to share any information I come across. Uh, because it is very, very good to make money. Made a lot of money this past uh, week because of a lot of bets we've been doing. Um, and so go check that out. Bobby Portis, if you like the Bucks, Bobby Portis, he's a walking double-double, plus 220. You're welcome. All right, Chris, let's go to you. Final thoughts, what you got, anything, and then any predictions on game two? Yeah, um, big thing, that, like I said, you know, I – Dylan Brooks, he made me mad, you know, but that's been something that's been brewing for 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 years now. Um, but outside of that, I, I mean, I, I like what I saw from the team overall yesterday. We played a decent game. Uh, I told people, you know, Jada made that shot at the end multiple different times. Matter of fact, he done made shots harder than that. So um, for a one-point loss and the way everything went down, I'm still confident, you know, in us to come out on top this series and make it to the Western Conference Finals. Um, big thing for us is we just got to, you know, get that um, backside defense. So, the, you know, that's something that we've been really, really good on throughout the year. And yesterday was terrible. So I don't know if it was fatigue or what, but as long as we can get that down, get in the passing lines, get them steals like we normally do, I think we're going to come out way better next game and uh, go back to the Golden State 1-1. Yeah. Speaking of steals, uh, another bet we hit on as well is uh, Draymond Green over two and a half steals and blocks. Uh, he had three steals himself. Uh, so that's all plus money. If you like Draymond, I think he's going to obviously play. Uh, you can get at at um, just over, under, but over one and a half steals, over, under one and a half blocks. Um, he's going to cover both of those. I guarantee it. And also the two and a half steals and blocks combined. Big bets. I love them. Make sure you hit them. Uh, hopefully he doesn't. I'll lose money if the Grizz win and Draymond literally has zero of all those. But Nathan, final thoughts. Yeah, I think I had this chalked up as a loss anyways. It was a physically wow. and emotionally draining series against the Timberwolves with a super quick turnaround. And mainly from the mental side, I didn't think there was just a ton of time to adjust. But Chris came out physically awesome. Um, emotionally, they had the energy that I was a little worried about. But mentally, they just weren't completely there. And for me, that's encouraging because a lot of the things that went wrong yesterday – are things that they can go in the film room and fix. Locking in on defense every possession, making sure you get the best shot every possession. You know, they're a young team. They're still learning. You have to value every single possession in the playoffs, and they're playing a team that's been here so many times and already understands that. And so, you know, we're going to see if they can grow up quick one more time, right, and learn how to do that in the series. But I think to come out 
much better defensively, not going to be jumping as much, leaving their feet, going and getting the 50-50 balls on the long shots and not getting beat back door, right? I think they'll have that all tightened up. With Chris, I think we go back, tied up 1-1, and I think this is going to be an awesome series. It's going to be a really fun series, and I, I still got Grizz in seven, and I'm just, I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm super excited. I'm super excited about this series. It's going to be a ton of fun, and I'm interested to see how the Grizzlies are able to match the challenge that's the Warriors and all the veterans they got. Yeah. So, as we said before, we good. The Grizzlies now play Tuesday night, 8.30 tip on TNT. It's the late game. The Grizzlies did not play well. The early game in the last series, they came back. is another late game. They played much better. It was a night game. Uh, and so I expect them to come out uh, and actually get the win here. Um, I think this is a team that uh, bounces back very well. And I think they're going to correct some of the things that they've uh, just been doing wrong. I do think this is a crucial, crucial game. And don't worry about Jordan Poole, okay? If you look at the Warriors, and they're going to have – they're almost. They won't do it all the time. Obviously, nothing's, nothing's a guarantee. But they have one player, whether it's Thompson, Curry, or Poole, always goes off for 30 points. And the other one has like 20, and the other one has like 10 or 15. Those three, they always have one player that goes off for 30. Even Jordan Poole is in that conversation. This isn't weird. This isn't out of the abnormal, right? This is a normal basis for them. This is how they play. One of the three goes off. So don't, don't go crazy. It's going, to be, it's going to be okay. Everybody just relax, as Aaron Rodgers says. Relax. It's all going to be good. But I do think the Grizzlies get, uh, win game two. Nathan, game two win, guarantee? Yes. Wow, that was Yes, quiet. that's guaranteed. Wow. Chris, game two win guarantee? Come on, man. You already know. Let's go. I think they win game two as well. What happens? We don't want to end the show on this, but what happens if game two is a loss? Is it a wrap? Nathan? No, but I don't think they win the series if they lose game two. Wow. Chris, same thing? Nah, no. If they so happen to lose game two, I still take them in seven. It just I would lose my little bet I got, but you know, okay. it's all good. All good, all good. All right. But I say I don't think they lose. <laughs> what I'm saying is I, I, I don't think they win the series if they lose game two. But I'm not going to completely abandon all hope like some people on Twitter. You people on Twitter need to chill out after some of these games. I'm, I'm, not, I'm tired of that. But um, hey, don't get on green. Facebook, it'll make you even worse. Yeah, don't do that. I, I don't do Facebook. So, no. Nope. Most of Grizz Twitter was awesome. The people who aren't awesome, I don't follow you anymore. <laughs> Just no. Well, I think that the Grizzlies win game two. I think it's a must win. I really do. Uh, if they want to win this series, it is a must win. You cannot go down two games and going on the road. I just I just think that is just a recipe for disaster. And I just think even if you do, you're going to get a split. I think they get a split at the Chase Center. So they have to win game two and come back even. You can't lose game two and go get a split there. You're coming home for 3-1 just to win another one, go 3-2. It's still, you're fighting a battle that is just uphill and just so daunting. Even in your mind, uh, these young players, it's so daunting. Um, And so I, I think they got the mojo they need going forward. I don't think they lose game two. Uh, So we're going to end on that. Game two is a dub against the dubs. Let's get out of here. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you. Be nice and tell your friends.